Hi everyone, welcome to Courageous Wellness. I am Allie. And I am Erica, and we are so excited because this week we have our first male guest, um, my younger brother, Taylor, Taylor Stein. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, so Taylor, uh, just to jump right into it, because there's so much we want to talk to you about. Um, you have a really interesting journey. You're 25 years old, but when you were 19, you lost 100 pounds mm -hmm. naturally. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, so uh, my whole life, I was a bit uh, heavier, and all, all through high school when we really started, and uh, you know, I... I would eat for happiness kind of thing. I found a lot of joy in food. I think we can all resonate to some extent in that. But um, I would eat just constant junk and I would overeat. And uh, about the time I hit 19, I started just eating right and I lost my first 40 pounds. I started in um, February. And I don't remember why I did this, but I thought, you know, around Mother's Day, I was going to actually weigh myself. I hadn't weighed myself in probably a year. Once I had 300 pounds, I stopped weighing myself. Wow. And, uh, you know, for I'm 6'5", for point of reference on that. But it's, uh, you know, when I, uh, when Mother's Day hit, I was just eating right. I wasn't working out at all. I'd never even stepped foot in a gym at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went, ate right for about three months, and I lost 40 pounds. Uh, I was, yeah, I was around like 265. Can I ask you just a quick pause? What, what did that look like? What did eating right yeah. look like to you at that point in time? Well, I was going to, um, a lot, like I was eating out a ton. I, I really didn't cook. So I was eating at this place called natural cafe, okay. which is a place in Southern California as we know. Um, and they have, you know, all like vegan cheeses, like vegan food. And I would get this thing called like a Mount Fuji, which is like the stir fry of brown rice, uh, assortment of vegetables and chicken. Uh, and I would get this burrito that just had like whole wheat tortilla, brown rice, mm. shredded chicken. And I would just order off that menu. And then I'd go to Chipotle a lot, which I'd get brown rice. Like, I think I've had the same order at Chipotle for, <laughs> <laughs> for my whole life. It's been like brown rice. It's a bowl with brown rice no beans, uh, chicken, uh, some salsa, guacamole and lettuce. And I would eat that, but I wasn't even working out. Right. But I think biggest thing was I was having portion control too, on top of all that. Um, and then once I hit, you know, my, once I hit that weight, I had a couple friends that were like, Hey, we're going to join gold's gym around me. And I joined the gym and I just really gotten like fell in love with bodybuilding mm -hmm. and uh, that style of training and then about October of 2012 was when that was and I hit my goal weight at the time which was 210 wow. and I, uh, I I ended up getting as low as 195 actually wow, wow. and you so, are a tall guy so yeah. that's like yeah wow. I was I was probably a little too thin at that point and my body like really hit a wall at 195 and that's when I decided I'm going to start building muscle after that mm. and training for that. Can I ask you what like the initial process felt like from someone who wasn't working out at all um, to when you first go into a gym and your body's not used to doing that kind of exercise, what it, what did it feel like? And do you remember the moment where it went from feeling bad to feeling good? Or do you remember like mentally how you were feeling at that time? 
I don't necessarily remember when it went from me feeling bad, feeling good, or if it ever felt bad, mm-hmm. but definitely looking way back and even over the course of like every single year, I learned something new about working out and fitness and bodybuilding and certain tr- training styles. Um, but, you know, looking back, those workouts that I had in the beginning when I first started going into a gym were not even remotely good workouts. Even like the people I was going with didn't really know. And I kind of just got, um, when I, when I start getting really into something, I start really researching it and mm. understanding and getting obs- almost obsessive with it. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I started training and I think the first workout we did, we hit like every single muscle, like hit just for one exercise. Then we went and I wasn't even sore after the first time we worked out <laughs> and I, I was upset. Then, the, then once I actually did have a solid workout where we started doing, you know, multiple exercises and doing muscle groups, group workouts, as opposed to just circuits. I, um, that's when I started feeling really sore. And I remember I couldn't even like straighten my arm for a bit because it was just so sore to do. And then, you know, I think just there was a time where I wasn't even feeling sore anymore from workouts, which is a point you don't want to get to because then you're not pushing yourself enough. You're not confusing Mm -hmm. your muscles, you know, Um, like even nowadays, like I'll always feel sore after every single workout. Like Mm -hmm. I did back two days ago, my back sore, like my, I worked chest and triceps last night. My, like they're both starting to get sore around this time. Mm -hmm. So, so interesting. And so, you know, back to like your diet as well, I think it's so interesting. So it was really, you were counting calories at the time or you were thinking about calories. Mm -hmm. So it was a calories in versus calories out system. So what did like a typical day eating look like for you? Um, about, you know, I'd say when I started counting them, it was about 17, 16, 1700 calories a day, which was very low. But looking back, I also, did do a bit of like intermittent fasting and I still do that to this day occasionally. But, um, yeah, I would eat like egg whites and oatmeal every single morning for breakfast. And it was just very, I was very strict and disciplined about it for the eight, 10 months that it took me to shed all that weight. And, uh, I would eat egg whites and oatmeal. Then I would go to like, then I wouldn't maybe not even eat lunch. I would have maybe a protein shake. So, You know, that would be, I wouldn't hit even a thousand calories by the time it came for dinner. And then, you know, by dinner, and I would make sure that was also a thing. I would make sure that no more, like I waited at least five hours between meals. That would always be, I remember that was always a big thing for me. I always, and I kind of trained my body to not be hungry. And um, then I would go for dinner and I'd get like Chipotle or Natural Cafe, like I said. I think what's so interesting is because, you know, I, I started my weight loss journey after you because I was so inspired, like by how much weight you lost, how disciplined you were, how quickly you lost it. Um, and you did, when I asked you how you did it, you gave me your Chipotle order and that's how I started too. Cause it was such an easy way to start Yeah, cause it's, Accessible. It's accessible to people who've maybe it's, never explored exactly. That it's accessible. They have healthy options. You know, it's not maybe necessarily like the highest quality meats or foods, but it's accessible and it works. You know, with this calories in, calories out system, and um, and it tastes good. And I think that's what's so interesting too is because you mentioned that you know you kind of ate emotionally in high school and when you were younger, and I had the same thing. But, um, I definitely haven't broken through that yet, even though I've lost weight. So I was just wondering, like, 
And it's still hard for me to be really strict with myself. Like part of why I ate Chipotle all the time when I also was losing weight was because it tasted really good and I could add cheese to it and and monitor my calories and like, you know, do that whole thing. So, um, how did you really, did you get through the emotional eating? How did you have that like strictness coming from the discipline discipline come from? Yeah. It kind of like, it's, it's a reason why I do certain things like cutting and bulking that I do now. Um, I, I had a goal in mind and I really wanted to like meet it no matter what. So it was just like, like, I remember I'd always go out with my friends. My friends ate like crap. So they'd go to, we'd be out and they'd go to in and out and I would just sit there. Like I wouldn't eat anything. Like, yeah, I would just sit there, watch them eat. I'd go home and if I had all my meals for the day, I wouldn't even eat. And I know a lot of people say, you know, you should eat like every two hours or so, but this is just what worked for me. Mm. And it was like. It was, um, you know, I'm not an expert in all this stuff, but it was like that, that's what I did. I just, I didn't care what they were eating. I kind of had my goal. I would go to the gym sometimes twice a day and then do cardio on top of that. So I would like, I just was obsessed with it. And I really was like, I was just in school. I didn't have a job back then. So it was like, I had a much freer schedule. So, you know, that was like, it was just kind of my goal. And that's kind of why I think I do these certain bulking and cutting cycles for bodybuilding training, because Mm. it's like, if I don't have a goal in mind, like I kind of just get very complacent Mm. and it'll just be tough. Like it's hard for me to just maintain without Mm. having like something in my mind to do. That's really interesting. I love like, so on, on this podcast, we're not, you know, not only exploring our own journeys with health and wellness, like whatever that means to us, but with it really shows you the more people we speak yeah. to, the more everybody has a different way that works for exactly. them. And because I'm like hearing, listening to you and I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. But I know for myself, yeah. I have never been able to count calories. Mm. Like the second I put a restriction around yeah. it, it goes out the window where when yeah. I just know like, for example, why Kelly Levesque, when we just started talking about blood sugar, we'll get into that a little bit more. Her sort of um, philosophy around it all is so, like, so works for me. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I know that in this smoothie, I need these elements. Yeah. I know. And then it's like, oh, well, then I'm just, like, full till my next meal. And then I know in this meal, these are the elements I need. It's all the same elements. And it's all about what I, like, I need to look at it. It's like, what do I need in this meal? Not what do I not need, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, not what what can't I have? That's what so do I need to have? And then all of a sudden the choices just make themselves. And yeah. then it's like, then I don't need to think about it. And then like the body responds in the way that I want it to. But I'm so fascinated that like you're you're so goal oriented yeah. that like the math of that mm-hmm. worked for you. Yeah, like I I even the counting stuff. Like I even got into the habit of sometimes like. Like certain, uh, certain bodybuilders, a lot, like almost every single one that competes will weigh out their food between carbs, fats, and um, protein. Mm. And they need to hit certain marks on each of those every single day. And they know if they train a certain way and it's do like this, macros. they will hit yeah, it's macros. Yeah. yeah. So they count their macros. And I've done that before. It didn't necessarily work for me where like I was eating way too much protein, not enough carbs or fats. Mm. And it was just like. It kind of like, it just wasn't what worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, we spoke earlier, like I've done, I've done ketogenic in the beginning of cuts 
uh, of cutting cycles where, um, you know, I'll, once I hit my goal weight and it's around a certain percent of body fat, I'll go down from there and ketogenic's really good. Like, and I know that's really trendy right now. Yeah. Kind of like yeah, it's like it's become, become pretty it, trendy. Yeah. Especially uh, for like weight loss specifically. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like I was telling you guys earlier, it was just like when, when you stop getting your body carbohydrates, your body stops storing, um, water in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, as much and that's where a lot of people think they're fat they're just storing water like Mm -hmm. they're watery and that's a term used in bodybuilding a lot like if somebody's getting like bodybuilders will straight up cut water out of their diet for a couple days before Mm -hmm. competition it's not healthy what whatsoever but they need to they need they need to do it so that their body is like flushed of all like and they're walking on stage with like five percent body fat four percent body fat yeah so it's like these are male body bodybuilders. Yes, no, even even women do this too. Do they get down to those like? Yeah, crazy, crazy levels. <laughs> yeah, like, like that could not be healthy. Yeah, and there are certain levels that they do. It's yeah. it's not healthy, and it's really it's really <laughs> tough. That's why I don't compete. But yeah. um, you know, water is such a huge thing. But ketogenic diets are really good if for bodybuilders if you're starting a cut because once you hit a certain point, like um, like I was telling you guys earlier, because it does flush all this water out. And, um, your muscles do store carbohydrates mm. and your liver stores mm. carbohydrates yes. and sugars, yeah. you know, um, your muscles start looking flat. And by that there is, there's a certain fullness to your, mu- like everybody's muscles when you're eating carbohydrates and you have this balanced diet that when you have a ketogenic diet, like you'll look much scrawnier and not like your muscle, but once you start co- slowly incorporating more carbohydrates and by that, I mean like. Um, simple carbs like you know brown uh, brown rice, you know yam, certain things like that, where your body, um, you know, breaks them down. You uh, your muscles start filling out more, mm-hmm. so that's why you know no bodybuilder will do a ketogenic diet through their whole. They don't want to stay in ketosis. No, because they they need that those carbs to show. To have the fullness. Because I think that's the difference between doing it for muscle building and the diet, right? Because the diet is you want to stay in ketosis. Yes. Because it gives you, and typically people do that with with weight loss in mind. With weight loss, just like because it's not. I've heard it's. I mean, it's great if you can do it, but it's not sustainable. I think to keep right. Your it's body for like I think from what I've seen, because I've never done, Mm -mm. I've never like attempted to get into ketosis. I've definitely added more fat and less carbs mm. in my diet just because I feel better. I feel better and too. And I feel yeah. um, less hungry. Like it's a very easy way to just kind of curb um, like unnecessary appetite, which is like blood sugar spikes and yeah. drops, right? Yeah. It's just a really nice, easier way to like just feel full yeah. and satiated exactly. throughout the day. But like I wonder, and we when we went to that event mm-hmm. and and – Kelly was talking about ketosis. Yeah. She said it usually takes a few days. It yeah. takes a few days it, to get your body it can take, in ketosis. It can take longer. Like, I've had certain... Like, when you go from bulking to cutting, you you basically cut your calorie. Like, my mm-hmm. calorie intake when I'm bulking has been up to, like, 3,500 calories a day. Wow. Okay. And, you know, you're not doing much cardio, so you're definitely putting on fat. But it's like, that's the only way for your body to really, you know... You're nurturing your body and you're building this muscle and this foundation that once you start cutting, you know... The way I've always said it is if I put on, you know, 15 pounds of fat and 10 pounds of muscle and I'm cutting, 
I'll burn almost all the fat when I'm cut or when I'm bulking, I'll burn all that, most of the fat and about five pounds of the muscle when I'm cutting. Yeah. So you just like really work that hard to build just this certain bit of muscle. It's not much. I see. So ultimately the goal is that I'm just learning because I don't know a lot about the bodybuilding world at all. Yeah, me neither. But is the goal of bulking and cutting to ultimately put on that little bit of muscle? Yeah, kind of, yeah, pretty much. Because yeah. there's no, you can't build muscle really, or it's almost. That's why a lot of people take steroids, or almost all bodybuilders that compete do, is because it's physiologically impossible for your body to really build muscle while you're losing weight. You need mm, to you yeah. need to eat a certain amount of calories, a certain amount of protein, carbs, and fats to build this muscle. Um, and you also are putting on fat while you're doing it because it's almost impossible to do it. What, you know, the physiology behind, um, steroid use is it really does allow your body to, your body wants to store fat, right? Like your body really does want to store Mm -hmm. fat because it's like, it's just, it wants to protect yourself kind of thing. And it's, it's good to have fat on you. So what, steroids does is it tricks your body into burning the fat okay. in maintaining the muscle. So even when you're cutting, you know, well, let's say you put on those 10 pounds of muscle and 15 pounds of fat, yeah. your body won't even put on that fat really. Mm. And it'll just be put it'll put on a couple pounds of fat and, um, basically all this muscle and your body might keep all 10 pounds of that muscle, mm. all not nine, eight pounds of it, as opposed to a normal person where they lose. Cause your body right. is trying to die, eat the muscle. And mm. cause your body, that's why ketosis is also a good thing in a, in a lot of ways. Cause you're, it's training your body to eat, uh, use the fat for energy because your body right. wants to use sugar and carbohydrates for energy. Right. Well, it's so interesting because in that documentary called the magic pill, yeah. it's all about high fat, low carb diet, curing like, um, autism, cancer, like all these diseases, it can like help like shrink tumors and these yeah. things. But now there's controversy about the woman who had breast cancer and basically claimed that the ketogenic diet like completely shrunk her tumor. So because I don't, you know, I haven't read too much about it, but right. I don't know, but it, it, it seems like can, and this might be a stupid question. I don't know if you guys know the answer, but can you be on a ketogenic diet without being in ketosis or do they go hand in hand? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, because you could be eating, like, no. I think, like, I feel like I have my best relationship with food that I've had and I'm definitely, and I've, and I've lost like five pounds, just not even like really trying. trying. Yeah. I'm just doing higher fat, lower carbs, um, you know, and making those kind of conscious choices. But if I took a test, you know, I think they have like sticks you can pee on or something. Yeah. Like if you're in, I I don't think I'd be peeing ketones or like, I don't think they'd be showing up as ketones or whatever. I don't know what the test is. So I apologize. We'll do more research. But So that's my question is like, can you be in like, you know, like that woman I met who said her sister-in-law lost 40 pounds in four months doing the ketogenic diet. Has she been in ketosis for four months? Well, I guess that maybe this is some research I have to do. What happens when you eventually have to transition out? What is that transition like when you transition? out like a, so a couple to answer that question um i'm not entirely sure because i'm not an expert on ketogenic diets and i'm not really an expert on any of this is just my experience right with it all. yeah um but from my experience with it your body you know going from a workout being on a 300 grams of carbs diet for me um you know all these calories and fats 
going from that to no carbs and higher fat and protein, you know, your body, the first few, even when, no matter what, when you go from bulking to cutting, cause you're waning yourself off those calories and that intake, you are not necessarily feeling like shit. I feel hungrier on a daily basis, but I don't start feeling like crap until I um, start working out because your body has all this fuel mm-hmm. that it had like a week prior. And now you didn't, you're not giving yourself any of these the carbs. Yeah. Fuel. You're, yeah. you're not giving it any of that. So like, um, I have this mind muscle connection where it's like, I'll normally be able to really just squeeze the crap out of like whatever muscle I'm training. And it'll feel like I'm exhausted mm. in first set instead of like, the first set of my workout as opposed to that because you have this um, calorie deficit almost already just from living and eating. And it's like, once you get to a certain point, you'll like a couple days later, you'll start feeling or even a week or however everyone's different. You'll start feeling more energy when you're working out yeah. because your body's learning. Okay. This is what you're giving me. I need to start using other things for fuel. And that's what you want. You want your body to start using your fat as energy, no matter what you're on, even keto, even, mm. even if you're not on a ketogenic diet, if you're on just a low carb diet or a low calorie diet, your body want you want your body to start using your fat as energy. And that's why I kind of told you guys, when I first started working out, the biggest thing to do, and this goes for anybody, if you lift weights for 45 minutes to an hour and then you do cardio for 30 minutes to an hour afterwards, your body, when you've lifted all those weights for that long, has used up all the sugar and carbs you pretty much have stored in your muscles, your liver, whatever it is. And you, all that's left to burn is that fat. Mm. Like, and you're just simply, once you're doing cardio after that, that's when you're burning fat. So it's like a lot of people think, oh, do cardio before you work out or do cardio at different times. When you do it right back to back, back to back, that is the most insane results you'll ever get. That's what everybody does. And there is also something called fasted cardio, which people try to hit ketosis. I, I've been doing yeah, that where fasted. I, when I do intermittent fasting, I'll, I'll work out before I eat, mm-hmm. before I break the fast. And I think that's also been why I've lost five pounds that's, this month. That's why bodybuilders, when they're coming up to a show, will do yeah. cardio twice a day and they'll lift maybe twice a day, but they'll do cardio first thing in the morning for about an hour because your body's using the fat as energy. And then after that, they'll do it again after they lift weights. I think at the event we went to too, she also mentioned it's like you're a human, you're some kind of hormone is highest in the morning before you is eat. It cortisol? It's some, I'm not familiar with that. She said something that we can look up, but basically even if you're not doing intermittent fasting, it's very healthy if you can to work out first thing in the morning and not if you can do it. Yeah. yeah everyone's body is different to not eat before you work out and yeah. then, you know, eat something healthy after. Well, and the nice thing about, I'm not always good at this, but the nice thing about when you do work out early in the morning, um, and I'm not a gym rat, like I can go to yoga and occasionally we'll go to spin class and like it, I, my exercise is something that sort of like always fluctuates, like what I'm doing and how much of it I'm doing based on like my work probably at any given time. But, um, but it's, it's also easier. Like if you do it in the morning, it's not hard. Like you don't want a big something before you go and then you feel gross when you're like have stuff in your stomach totally but if you wait too long if you wait till 10 or 11 in the morning yeah you're gonna be hungry by that yeah um so yeah it is so interesting and so what now like that you are at your 
you, do you feel like you're at your like goal weight, your healthiest? Like, what does healthy look to you now that you've done this weight loss, that you've gained this muscle, that you have this discipline? It's like, what is health to you now? Like, how do you continue on this journey? Well, I, I think, you know, I don't necessarily have a goal weight in mind because I do so much enjoy bulking and cutting and having always that goal. And usually my, my bulking cycle lasts four or five months and same with cutting and they'll just go back and forth. Depends, you know, how much fat I'm putting on or if my, you know, my life just gets in the way where I can't work out as, you know, I, mm-hmm. my goal is to work out six days a week, like lift. Wow. Um, so I, do, I have sight like when I'm bulking my, my, I have muscle group rotations and it goes, um, back one day, chest, the, uh, the next, then biceps, triceps, then shoulders, legs. And then I take a day off mm. and then I can t- go back and when I'm cutting, that's when I'm bulking. And I do about, you know, five to six exercises per muscle. Okay. So, um, when I'm cutting, it changes up to three days a week. There are three day muscle group rotations where I go, uh, back biceps one day, chest triceps the next, and shoulders and legs stays the same. And then I take a day off, then I just go right back. So I'm hitting my muscles when I'm cutting twice a week as opposed to some of them just once. Mm, and see. on top of it, I'm doing, you know, the, the training also changes to much higher reps, lower weights um, mm-hmm. when, you're tra- when you're cutting as opposed to, well, I'm currently cutting right mm. now. So like in... I'm doing, I've been doing intermittent fasting since I've gotten back from Pittsburgh. So <laughs> I haven't had my, so I haven't gotten my first meal in yet today. Yeah. And it's what, like uh, one, one, one o'clock. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I haven't felt hungry either. Intermittent yeah. fasting That's is also a six a hour window or a five hour window. It depends for people. Some people, you know, that's, you know, we were talking earlier about the blood sugar in the book yeah. you guys read with that. So, you know, uh, it depends when I start inter- intermittent fasting, sometimes my body really craves food right away and stuff, but you, your body craves food sometimes. And I'm, I'm sure you've spoken about this on your podcast already, but, um, it, it's not necessarily hungry. You're just having mm-hmm. an insulin drop. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, what we were saying earlier is when you eat, that's why people tell you don't eat sugar or, um, sugar-free things because even when you eat something that's sugar-free like a sugar-free sweetener your body thinks it's having sugar so you might not get the calories but you still get that insulin spike spike. Mm -hmm. so even then you know let's say your baseline is like the middle and you you go up high in your insulin spike the second you start dropping down even if you're not even even if you're still above your middle ground your body will feel like you're low on blood sugars and you need food food. but you're still not there so you know, um, it's really important to maintain your blood sugars, keep sugar down, but that's also something that's tough when you're first starting with it is mm-hmm. that, you know, you you crave food and your bot you got to kind of train your body not to want it. So, you know, I know there's a fighter, George St. Pierre, he's a UFC mm-hmm. fighter. He's been doing it. Um, and he's almost 40. He's one of the, like, he's been, he's one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time. But he says he feels better than when he was like 25 and he goes to an extreme, like he won't eat till like three o'clock. Sometimes I'll just have one meal a day. And that's like, that's intermittent fasting. Like sometimes my happy with intermittent fasting is like 12 to five or 12 to six. Cause usually I have something at seven o'clock most nights. So I'm eating dinner anyway earlier Uh because I can't eat later. I get like really hangry. So I'm usually eating dinner between five and six anyway. And then, um, yeah, usually I can I can probably go until like 11, 12. 
yeah. I don't know how without getting hungry. I've done that too. I think what helps me is, um, I almost have started doing it naturally, yeah. not every day. Like if I'm really hungry when I wake up, cause I maybe had a really early mm-hmm. dinner, then I'll have something on the earlier mm-hmm. side. But if I'm not, I'll sort of wait. I, I'm really trying to like listen to that. But, um, I think what we learned too about fat fasting is something that helps with intermittent fasting because mm-hmm. it doesn't affect your blood sugar. Yeah. So like, I know Erica, you like to do the bulletproof I do matcha. bulletproof matcha. It's my and favorite. And sometimes I'll put some oil like in my coffee, in my mm-hmm. almond milk latte yeah, that I make at home. And, um, or at night I've been starting cause I was having like, not to be like, TMI, but because I was doing like so much travel, I was having my digestive system felt like really off and, um, I felt really bloated and like, I was just like, Oh, I need to figure this out. What's going on. And another story for another podcast, but because I'm a singer and my ENT recently noticed Mm. that he thought that he saw acid, Mm. like too much acid. I had irritation from acid in my esophagus and I was like, I don't have acid reflux. I don't have heartburn, but you can't always feel it. Yeah. And then I was like, after all the travel and stuff, I sort of like was feeling it. So I was like, I'm going to do a reset. And I started doing the bone broth. Oh my gosh. Bone broth is so amazing. So instead of, cause I'm bad at like late night eating. If I go too long and then I'm like starving, especially that was an issue I had with my shows. Oh my gosh. My show schedules. But like, a cup of bone broth at night. Like, say I had a meal at five or six. That's so good for that's you. That's what I did last night. And then... It's so good for you. It totally has reset my Well, and that's... But that like, whole, two days. And again, like, not to, like... I feel like I mention the microbiome, like, every time. Because, but really focusing on fermented foods, yeah. bone broth, things that are just good for my gut, that's made intermittent fasting. So much It's easier. like, I'm not hungry. It's... it's it, Focusing on my gut health has changed that, my life. Well, also with intermittent fasting and like fasted cardio and all in ketogenic everything, it's trying to trick your body to use fat as energy. Yeah, yeah. And that's and you know intermittent fasting is important, just maintaining your blood sugars, and that's the main difference. And it's like, so that's for me like. I'm, I'll still eat when I'm hungry kind of thing. Like usually my breakfast is always like a protein shake, but it's like an elaborate protein shake that I like blend up and I'm doing. Like, Do you want to share your protein shake recipe? Well, yeah, because she, it's she knows. It's so intense. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a bodybuilder so, protein shake. It is shake. the it's most really, intense. Please share your protein shake. <laughs> so I, uh, so I have two proteins I use. One's a post-workout protein. That's like very expensive. Um, another is a meal protein. Okay. It, they're both ways, but one is just cheaper than the other. Um, the, uh, so it starts off a scoop of protein. I'll do water or almond milk as the base. Mm-hmm. Um, depends on how many calories I want the day, whatever it is, whatever I'm feeling kind of thing. And then where she's going to freak out is, uh, I do pasteurized egg whites Oh, you wow. drink, yeah. So that's usually where. People How many do you put start. in? Um, about half of a little carton. Okay, half a I, carton of pasteurized egg whites. So it's safe to drink. Yeah, and it's and just it's yeah, and it's it's just basically just pure protein, low calories. Yeah. And I'll do um, a superfood supplement just okay. to get greens and vegetables in it. Um, then I'll do um, a handful of spinach 
and, yes, <laughs> yeah, and then a scoop of almond butter or this thing called like PB Fit, which is just powdered yeah. peanut it's butter. It's basically the Fab Four, but he does like he does a lot more the, protein. Like, yeah, like yeah. the the and he has egg whites. <laughs> I was gonna say like and the, the Iron Man. The, like, the smoothie we do, the weight loss smoothie to keep you full for like six hours, mm-hmm. is fat, fiber, protein, and greens, yeah. and it has to be at least twenty grams of protein. And that's been well, mine. How many mine, grams? Yeah, how many grams of protein do you know? I, I've gotten up to 100 grams in that breakfast and it's in your body just kind of like but you're working out it's not necessarily your body doesn't retain nearly all that right you know um but it was just kind of always a good base for me when i did that like it's all it was probably way too much but probably about like 60 grams now, like around that, six, 60 grams. You used to put like oats that. in it too? Yeah, yeah. When or I'm, when I'm, Cheerios? Well, no, when I'm bulking. So yeah, when <laughs> I'm, when I'm, I'm bulking. I'm sure you put Cheerios in it. When, when I was bulking, um, there was one big bulk I went through in my life where I was like, I, I was about like 210 and I was, I had a bat, like a, kind of like a back injury in 2015. Like that was kind of like making it hard for me to, or shoulder injury. Hmm. It was making it hard for me to workout constantly so I kind of like lost a lot of my muscle and mm-hmm. stuff so I went from like 215 to like 205 and I kind of just said like screw it like beginning of 2016 I was like I'm just gonna I want to get to 250 like I was like I want to just bulk up so I just and I hit 250 in May and it was definitely a bit of fat on me but it was like I, I did put a lot of muscle on me but um when I was doing that that's when I kind of discovered my shake so I've only been doing that shake for two years but that's been like my breakfast like Almost every morning. So you're, do you ever get bored of like I your really food like choices? It. I really like eh, it. I really, depends. Like sometimes I'll get bored sometimes of certain foods, but that was when I would put in like rolled oats. I would add rolled oats into it because I need more carbs that right. day. I need more carbs or like uh, Cheerios because it, it, just, it <laughs> yeah. blends up. It blends up super quick and it's so much, you know, it's so much easier to drink half a carton of egg whites or a carton of egg whites than it is to eat it. It is so much easier and quicker, you know, eating a cup of oats through a shake is way easier or like a cup of Cheerios. Especially when you're in a place of trying to have more calorie Mm -hmm. intake. And you need those carbs. I can't even imagine But yeah, so I've been doing that for about two years, that shake. And, you know, I like I brought it with me just in case I need it at some point for the day because I try to get it in. Even if I don't get it in for breakfast, it's it provides so much nutrients and so many things that it's kind of like a base of my diet so that I'll I've sometimes had it post-workout like my shake. If I can't get in the morning or if I'm intermittent fasting, I don't know when necessarily I'll drink it yeah but i'll just have it around just in case i need it wow it's so interesting and so now you work at soul cycle yes and do you how does like your fitness journey continue like do you yeah. want to continue working in fitness i mean soul cycle i love soul cycle i really attest finding a workout i love to how i also lost the weight yeah soul cycle changed my life so i love that you work there <laughs> but you know, do you like, well, yeah, that was kind of like a thing. And I think we've all gone through it certain parts of our life or are going through it still. And always like, it's hard to find something you're passionate about that you can make money off of and can be a mm, career. Yeah. So I want to, fitness was my thing. I wanted to do law school for a long time. I took the LSATs and I just was, you know, miserable with yeah. all the stuff, studying for the LSATs, anything. Yeah. So it was like, I, it's just, I was miserable with it and I was like, well, fitness is what I'm passionate about, but how do I make money off of it? And I don't want to be a trainer because 
it's so hard to make money off of being a trainer unless you like are a super trainer. And it's like, I don't want to mm. do that. And That's like, not your passion. I want to, and you know, I want to help people in certain things. So one thing I really liked about soul cycle was what drew me to that company was the community feel and just the positivity it is, mm-hmm. you know, have you taken the soul? You, yeah. Yes. She brought me to my first one like recently, first one. Yeah. Yeah. a couple of weeks ago, yeah. but, but it's, it's fun. Like, it's really fun. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's this community feel. And I've noticed, especially, you know, I used to be like the fat kid going into a gym and like the, ju- like there's so much judgment and the stigma with going into a gym. Mm. There really is. And yeah. even if I'm like one of the bigger guys now in the gym, it's like, still, I can just see the stigma around it. And like, especially with women, women, I know so many women, and I'm sure you guys oh, can struggle with that. Going they don't want to go into a gym because they feel like guys are staring at them. People are looking at them. People are judging them mm-hmm. or just whatever it is. Yeah, and they definitely. don't feel comfortable. And that's something like that is, well, I love when I started doing soul cycle and I was at my heaviest weight, the fact that it was in the dark, and you were on this, but I'm like, yeah. and it was, everyone was so damn nice and it can be intimidating to do any type of workout, especially something like a boutique fitness celebrity right. followed studio, like soul cycle, but everyone was so kind, so warm, so compassionate. And then I just go on my little bike. I, I ride the front row now, but I rode the back row in a corner yeah. for like a year and a half. It took me so much courage to even try the front row. And I did but I was like in the back in my own world with the lights off and you could just do it, you yeah. know? So that really helped me, I think, continue. And I think finding something, but I think anything just takes courage. And the first time I went to a soul cycle class, I went with my girlfriend, Yeah, you know, because I, I was totally intimidated to go to any sort of workout class by myself. But I think just taking that first step makes such a big, um, such a big difference. And I do think that soul cycle has really set the trend. I think a lot of, cause I've done, spin classes at many studios kind of throughout Los Angeles and um I think they sort of set that trend where a lot of gyms are now or studios are adapting that kind of thing like dark lights you can have your you can have the community but you can also have your individual at Mm -hmm. the experience at the same time um because everybody's at a different place and it's like you know we we sort of put judgments whether they're good or bad on other people and you don't know just because someone like looks a certain way someone could be like what you perceive to be the fittest person in the room yeah but is having like so much yeah sort of internal struggle with their own journey and you just never know isn't it kind of funny that people you know I, i have never related to it as much but it's like a lot of girls especially i've noticed um will go to anybody really though will go to like group exercises to feel like it's a personal workout as opposed to going to a gym where it is personal. You're alone in a gym. Essentially you're by yourself lifting weights or doing what you do to do that. But it's like, it's kind of funny how you like, you want the group exercise without Well, I think it's also that you just don't, I I think it's really admirable how you studied and figured out like what What to to do do with your body. Because even when I was a member of a gym, um, I, I didn't know what to do. So I would just take the classes, you know, I would see people doing weights and lifting weights and, and I don't, I, even to this day, if I went to a gym, I wouldn't know what weight to pick up, what like machine to use, what muscles to target. But I think when you do take a class, what's nice is you can trust, hopefully that you're hitting whatever you're supposed to be hitting. You know, at Soul Cycle, you're doing like a big cardio blast or, you know, like body by Simone is like, 
full body, high intensity interval training, you know, so yeah. I, or in gyms, they have like boot camp or whatever type of class. Yeah. I think that's part of, for I, me, that's part I of I guess it whatever it is, like everyone finds a workout where they can like zone out. Like yeah. you don't, you don't, when yeah. you're working out, you, you know, you're almost not like thinking about when you have a good workout, you don't even think about your workout. For me, I try and focus on like the muscle contraction, but I'm not focusing on like I'm moving the weight or something. I'm focusing on like, so is it like spiritual or therapeutic? I don't know. It's almost like the reason why bodybuilding drew me was like, you're, it's almost like you're sculpting the, mm. your, your body and like you, you're visibly seeing it. And like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time. And one thing he said was, he was like, you know, like artists will build sculptures with like a chisel. We'll do it with mm-hmm. like machines or weights. Oh, like you're, you're, sculpt- yeah. you're like, a, you're like, you're, you're like an artist. Yeah, it's like, what you're doing. Like, I knew I, there's this bodybuilder called Dorian Yates. He was one of the greatest of all time. He won six Mr. Olympias and he, he mm-hmm. ended up by uh, retiring cause he tore his tricep up. He's extremely skinny now. Mm-hmm. Like he lost all of his muscle, everything. And he, a lot of bodybuilders have trouble doing that because when you go off steroids, you, you, you shoot down yeah. weight. You just go scrawny. And he, I listened to a podcast where he was talking and he said, um, he, he had no trouble with it because he felt like he was building a sculpture for those years. He, it wasn't even his body. He was, it was just, it just, wow. he was like building this thing and then once it was over when he when he accomplished yeah. what he did he was like that's it and he let go of it kind wow. of thing but steroids is also a dangerous yeah, road yeah. to go no down well, well, especially with no like it's so many so here. many well I, I've never done but it's so many health risks but yeah, it's like yeah. it's the one thing where it's like you're getting healthier as you're getting healthier when you get off steroids these people you look worse because mm. yeah. your body goes from looking like this like sculpture essentially to a normal person and like a help, but you, you look worse physically as you're getting healthier. Well, I think that's what's so good about where, I mean, it's so interesting because I think health is really evolving right now and that's what we're learning so quickly, but it, it went from this like fat free, right? Like sugar free, misinformed, Mm -hmm. take diet pills, poison your body essentially to now like honor your body love your body, heal your body, feed your body. But there still is some middle ground I think we have to find because thin isn't a dirty word. Counting calories isn't bad if it works for you. You know what I mean? Like finding whatever you need to do to feel happy in your own skin is okay. But I do think the positive thing is that we are moving away from that 80s and 90s like sugar-free, fat-free diet hill Where We're not eating food. Like, right? We're kind of, I feel like there's this movement back to real food. Food, real food. And... There's, I mean, we could talk for (laughs) years about this, but like, there's so many, um, also like doctors out there who are kind of more in the main, yeah, like media sphere, like Dr. Mark Hyman and Dr. Frank Lipman and all these like wonderful writers and doctors who are Western doctors who are now have advanced sort of this like consciousness about the human diet yeah and why we've had like disease epidemics in our country especially in the last like why it's getting worse and worse (laughs) well they say obesity because the fact that we went so fast from like not being an obese nation to then like being a super obese nation especially childhood childhood in the microbiome diet that i'm reading they attest it all to how we kill 
the bacteria in our gut. Because, and the food industry has yeah. done that, and the government has subsidized that, and we could talk about that forever. forever. But, <laughs> but it's like people, you know, people have become addicted to non food, yeah. just food products. Absolutely. And that's not anybody's fault. That's just something that we've all been sort of like no. grew up with. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting, you know, to be like, you know, now at this place to, you know, Again, where, you know, when I did lose like the majority of my weight, it was, I wasn't counting calories, but I wasn't eating real foods all the time. Mm-hmm. And now these last 10 that have taken forever to come off, I just lost five of them from eating real food yeah. well, and not being so obsessive. And it's, it's been an amazing freedom, honestly. Well, I, I think genuinely the obesity issue is more of a mental health, health problem mm-hmm. as opposed to like that stuff. That's personally my experience with it. And because genuinely, I think people that tend to overeat and eat food, that's not good. It's one, sometimes it's more easily accessible, yeah, but so it's yeah, at the same time, it's economic, it's economic yeah, you know, sure. I, I go grocery shopping and I spend about like, honestly, between like we split me, me and my girlfriend split it or me and my roommate have split it, but it's like about $120 a week per person Wow. to, to like eat. Yeah. And that's getting, you know, organic ground Turkey, chicken, yeah. uh, vegetables, produce, all these things like compared to, you know. You could eat for legitimately three dollars a day at McDonald's. Yeah, no, that's for sure. That's but where our top, bad habits came from. On top of that, yeah. too, I I think it's also people put so much joy in food, and especially mm-hmm. I think social media. That's the reason why I'm not on it. Is such a negative influence in people's lives. It's done a lot. Like so many people enjoy it, but it's like no, it people no, are constantly yeah. comparing their bodies to other, to people, other people. One and two. I've never seen more of a mix and it's kind of like funny, pretty much most what people follow I've noticed is fitness stuff, Mm -hmm. food and like animals or something. But it's like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. But I do think Mm -hmm. that's what is changing right now. Like, because, and it is, this is like a crossroads, you know, where I think there is a food movement happening where you have the girls of Sakara life, right? Right. Who are so goddamn beautiful and they are honoring and taking care of their body. You know, Kelly Levesque is so beautiful, like glowing. And she has all these celebrity clients who are eating real food. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I like that we're moving. Well, there are people leading the movement, both in the, like I was saying, those doctors, like in the medical community, but also in the like holistic community. Yeah. And those two things are sort of starting to merge, yeah. which is really important because for so long, I think like Eastern and holistic, I mean, sorry, Western medicine yeah. and holistic thought have just been at odds with each other yeah. because there's a lot of things like we're really an over-medicated society in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Not that there's not a place for Western medicine, yeah. please. Like I've been no. someone who's like greatly benefited from it, but I also know how much I've, been like overly pumped with antibiotics throughout my life and suffer from terrible allergies and like as a result of a lot of that stuff and so it's like where's the fine line and how can we just like let our how can we fuel our bodies to do what our bodies are know what to do to do right heal themselves have our immune systems that work yeah um and on top of that, there is that sort of social pressure that you're talking about, especially in our area. But maybe those two things can combine because if you are able to start feeling your best, yeah, automatically you will look the and best way you like. You will gain that confidence, and, and it is. I think it is more important 
you know, and I think it takes a lot of time. And I think this next generation, right, like Z and the ones, well, that'll be really interesting to look at. But it is more important how you feel on the inside. But I, to just food for thought and like what you guys think of this, because I don't necessarily know. If you guys, because I know girls that have done this and guys that have done this, if you focus more on how you feel. Yeah. As opposed to that, and you don't weigh yourself, let's say, for a month or so. I don't let's ever say, weigh myself. But let's say, you know. Yeah. I know, I, I know, especially one girl I work with did this one time. You don't weigh yourself for, let's say, a couple months. And yeah. you're eating and just focusing on how you feel. And if you're going to do that, I say don't even weigh yourself. Just focus on how you look. Yeah. Like, I think that's the, the best way to go. But what if you went on the scale and you realized, well, I, I think I'm looking the best. I'm feeling the best, but I just gained five pounds. Well, you know, then I guess maybe that's your what? natural That's your number. natural weight. There's an article. It's but like, what would you do? I'm just, that Well, what, I think I everybody asking. is different, but there's a beautiful article. And if um, anyone has time, please look it up. But it's called like those last five pounds. And I think I might have told yeah, you about okay. it because it's so beautiful because it's like this girl had always been so focused on losing these five pounds until she realized what those five pounds were. You know, uh, drinks with her best friends, pizza with her boyfriend, yeah. you know, enjoying yeah. a barbecue with her family. And and it was such a beautiful article about like, now she's embraced whatever that extra weight she carried. And it, I don't, it might not be five pounds, but that's no, no, the point I, of the article. It's like, it's, that's it's, okay. it's okay. For me, for yeah. me that was when uh, there was a certain time when I was like at a certain body fat percentage that was my lowest and I was sustain I was like maintaining it. This was when I stopped like bulking and cutting for a bit. And this is why, like I always know I always need a goal because I was starting to get complacent, but I was like miserable kind of mm. at this thing because I was just like eating a certain way, you know, very bland. And I was like, who am I doing this for? I was just like, yeah, it kind of like hit me where yeah. I was like, "What? Why am I doing this? I don't feel as good." Because you feel better when you're nurturing your body, yeah. giving yeah. your body this calories and what it needs, and you're basically, you know, made to maintain such a low weight or something where you're not healthy at. Like for me, I was miserable. That's when I started like being like, "I can't be this strict with my diet yeah. as as I want as I should be," because it's like you're never eating what you want yeah, kind right. of thing. And you're like almost, you're not starving yourself, but your body wants more. And for me, and like on that same vein, it's like, I think it's important to always give like, know how your body reacts to certain foods yeah. and certain things. Like I know if I give my body a certain amount of carbohydrates, it just wants to grow. Yeah. Like my body just wants to like, if I carb That's up, trial and error. it just yeah. wants to grow. Like whether it be some more fat or muscle, it just really wants to expand. Yeah. So it's like, that's you know, it. that's also a thing too with being, being uh, once being fat, your body may get rid of all this water and fat, but your body keeps the fat cells mm. stored inside you. Oh yeah, so I've heard this recently. It, yeah, you never mm -hmm. actually get, you don't get rid of them. You don't get rid of the fat cells. Yeah. So for a person, like for me, I used to be 300 pounds. It mm. would be so much easier for me to gain, it back. to gain it back than it would be for a person that was never fat your body main keeps those fat that cells memory. and it's like, so that's yeah. why it's always, our bodies are so interesting. Well, it, yeah, it and keeps so, it, so it's so there's much, so much information in them. But it is in the scale is poison because actually I'm about the same weight I was in high school and I'm like, one to well, two. I don't like, I don't care about scale, that's but awesome. I'm about, I but I'm the same weight about, and I am one to two pant sizes smaller Sorry. than mm -hmm. I was in high school because I didn't work out. For me, for me, whenever so, I've even bulked, I, I'm the same waist size right now. Uh, I'm, I haven't weighed myself in a few weeks, but I, last time I weighed myself, I was two 
40 and I was just starting my cut. So that was like where I was at. That's where I bulked up to. I'm the same weight size as I was when I was 195. Wow. Isn't that so interesting? So it shows you. And I, you know, it's interesting when you were talking about this today, I remember when I was in London years ago at school, I was doing, um, I was in college and I did like a, an abroad musical theater conservatory and they had me dancing. Like I'm not, Mm. I dance, but like, I'm not a dancer. Mm. They had me dancing like in class, like five hours a day. Mm. And I got the heaviest I had ever been putting on muscle too. Yes. And my, I didn't gain, like my pant size were getting looser. Mm -hmm. My clothes were getting looser, but I put on 14 pounds in about three, four months. Well, that's also a thing like, you know, sometimes when I even start like a cut, my body will react more to the lifting I'm doing where there's such a traditional way of like, you know, lift heavy, lower reps to put on muscle. And that's Mm. true because you're not burning as much calories and your muscle is getting more dense because you are lifting the heavy weight. But the thing is sometimes my body gets volumized from the more reps I do where the blood flow and everything is expanding. And I'll, in the beginning of some cuts, I've put on weight. Mm-hmm. I've put on certain, even, like, though put, even though I'm cutting and it's like your body is getting rid of that water and I'll look more defined and better, which I kind of don't mind if I put on weight <laughs> in the beginning. Cause I'm like, I know what I'm doing works. It's yeah. been like, yeah. I've been doing it for so long, but it's like knowing your body, knowing my body. But then there have been times where I'll start cutting and I'll just shoot down like five pounds in a week. Yeah. Like, because it's just like your body, you were trying, you were trying to keep it so heavy for so long that the second you stop, it's just like, we want to. It, it wants, wants to, to get our bodies body, know what to do. Yeah. My body, like personally for me is happiest around 225 to 235. That's the See, 10 you, pound. You know, everybody has, everybody has that, that yeah. like kind of perfect. It, it wants to so regulate a ten, itself. I always have like there. a 10 pound zone yeah. where yeah. I'm like feeling my best. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for thank joining you so us. Much. This is thank like you guys so for having me. So informative. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you guys. Um, until next week.